following message is from the North Shore Christian Center MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Center is available at www.nscc.org.au. All right, let's turn to the Bible. I'm excited. We're excited. Mark chapter 3, verse 1. I want to talk to you about the miracle is in the stretch. Have we got um, any slides or something like that? Maybe we do. I'm not sure. Mark chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Another time he went up into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for him, looking for a reason to accuse Jesus because they they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and in deep distress at their stubborn hearts. He said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stretch it out. Stretch it out. And his hand became completely restored. And the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. The miracle is in the stretch. You know, uh, I reckon every good story has a stretch to it. If you look through the Bible, uh, you know, when you, when you look at Noah, you know, I mean, that was, a, that was a pretty big stretch. But, I mean, a great miracle came out of it. Abraham, man, that's, that just even blows my mind that God would say, hey, listen, Take your little son and sacrifice him on the altar. He didn't know that the miracle was going to happen. But, you know, when he stretched, that's when the miracle happened. And then he was called the father of faith. He said, hey, listen, because you stretched, because you believed, you know, you're awesome. God's into stretches. He's into miracles. You know, um, one of my favorite places to visit, um, just because of the community focus, is the Dream Center. I've spoken there four or five times now, and Matthew and Tommy Barnett, Janine and I uh, are their friends and honoured to be called so. And they have got this huge uh, hospital they, they've renovated and they look after people in that hospital, 180 ministries. They look after the poorest of the poor, the prostitutes. <clears throat> All these kind of ministries are there. Anyway, I'm speaking there. And, Janine's speaking at Hillsong London at the same time, so we're on opposite sides of the world. Janine rings me up. She said, what are, you, what are you talking on? I told her what I was talking on. She said, don't do that. I said, oh, why not? She said, you need to do a healing meeting. I said, oh, I've got a good message. She said, no, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm actually scared of Janine. I mean, like, she looks really nice, but she'll beat me up every single time. And so I'm like... And a man under authority, so I'm going. Okay, well, let's 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 do that. And you know, the meeting went pretty good. I think there were like 280 people respond on the salvation altar call, and then like another 500 people on the healing altar call, and places just jammed out. And uh, I don't know if you've ever built something or cleaned a car, even, or you look back and it's kind of like a pride, like you've done a good job. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like, that's okay. It's like, you know. And just right then, like people were getting healed on the stage. Bang, bang, bang. I was like, oh, man. Thanks, Janine. I was thinking like, oh, this is going good. Who knows one little whisper from God can really stuff up a good meeting. And so I'm, I'm like standing there and, 
I hear this voice says, Andrew, there's a blind person to your right. And I'm going to heal him today. I'm going, oh, darn. And because uh, it was my first time on TV. And like, so I was a little bit nervous. Like I had the makeup on, and the, the, the lip glossy thing, and the, that toilet brush thing. What do you, <laughs> mascara, uh, you know. Well, they say if the, ba- the house needs painting, paint it. And uh, so I'm like, you know, <coughs> nervous about this whole thing. And so I'm standing there, and I've prayed for blind people before, and it kind of didn't go as well as I th- thought it might. And I thought, why stuff up a good meeting, you know, by doing them on TV? And I'm, like I'm, I'm hearing voices in my head. I don't know if you hear voices in your head. But you know that, that Donald Duck character? You know, Walt Disney created that guy. And he's about to do something good or bad. And the angel duck, whoop, he appears. And then the devil duck. Those voices are as real as you can imagine. That's what Janine's talking about in her book, in her city. Those voices, that battleground. Because as soon as I heard God say, Pray for that person. I heard another one saying, it's not going to work. Don't do it. You're going to look foolish. I'm going, what? I don't know how Walt Disney articulated spiritual warfare so clearly. When he created that person, Donald Duck, he was right on the money. I hear other voices in my head. I'm standing, this is a true story. I'm standing here, a couple of thousand people, 500 people on the altar call. I'm going, okay, and I'm having a little 30-second debate. Who knows what I'm talking about? Am I going to or not? I hear Janine. She pops in my head. She goes, Andrew, on your business card as healing evangelist, get down there immediately and pray for him. How did he get... I hear another voice in my head. My pastor. Uh, <laughs> I'm just laughing at myself. Um, right here, right now. I'm telling you, Andy Cavallo. Power of God's on you, no doubt about it. Go down and pray for him. God's going to raise him up. Not have God's here. I'm telling you, let's give him a big clap. Now, I hear another voice in my head. Right here, right now. I'm telling you, Andy and Janine Kabbalah are some of the greatest leaders and evangelists I know. You know, the power of God's on their life. They love people and they love God. Andy, get down there and pray for them. God is going to touch his life. The best, the best is yet to come. This is the truth, church. When you're about to do something good for God, The Bible says there's a cloud of witnesses cheering you on, saying, come on, have a go, you mug. You can do it. You know what I love? That when I'm stuck, I can think of people, my heroes, like Pastor Brian Houston. Thank God for my pastor. When I'm stuck, I think, what would Pastor Phil do? That's why our pastors are so flippin' awesome. It's because when you're stuck, you should think, what would John do? What would Pastor John do? And those voices that you are hearing are real. 
And I can hear the themes of my heroes coming through saying, you know what, Andrew? Stretch. Have a go. What have you got to lose? Be fearless. You are an evangelist. Am I? Yes. Okay. Thanks, Pastor Phil, for reminding me. Pastor Phil's in every meeting. Because where I go, he goes. Because he's my hero. Is there anything wrong with that? No. That's the way it should be. Literally, I thought to myself, stuff it. I'm going to have a go. I looked, I looked down for the first time in fear and trembling. And there was a guy with a white cane, wrap around glasses and a dog. And I thought, that's probably him. <laughs> I walked down. I walked down and said, hey, man, how you doing? He goes, yeah, I'm okay. I said, um, what was it like prayer for? He says, I'm blind. <laughs> hey, listen, it's always good to ask. I said, uh... All right, let's pray. We're praying. Music's happening. Boom, 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 boom. There's a lot of people to pray for in times. I've got to stick to time. So um, 30 seconds. Boom, he's crying. He lifts up his glasses. The whole snot, the whole thing's a mess. He says, I can see. I said, that's great. Okay, and I'm praying, praying, boom, 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 boom. Halfway down the altar call, boom, 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 boom. Half of me is saying, really? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, really? Did it take too long? Debating like voices are talking to me again. Like, it's like a thousand voices are running through my head. And, God, I don't know. and then all of a sudden I feel a big thump on my back. And it's spun around and it's a blind guy standing right there. He grabs my ear. It's a bit awkward. Don't do that this morning, please. He says, he says, he says, Pastor, he says, you don't understand that. He says, I, I was born blind, but now I can see. I see your face, I see your shirt, the lights, everything. Come on, go ahead, give God a big, big clap because he's pretty excited about that. You know, it was only a few months later, I was uh, in New Zealand preaching with Pastor Phil and, and Matthew Barnett was there at a New Zealand C3 conference. And uh, Matthew was the first speaker, and he got up and he, and he said before he talked, he said, hey, Andrew, he said, the blind guy, he said, he's still in our church, became a Christian that morning, and he said, every time we have a service now, we pray for the miraculous, and every time people get healed. And you know what was awesome about that is, <laughs> this is this is the mystery of God, is here I am debating whether or not I will stretch. Like I'm the pastor debating whether or not I am going to stretch. Do you think that we have those kinds of thoughts? Well, newsflash, we do. I'm sitting here going, hmm, I don't know, I'm 50-50, yeah. thousand voices running through my head. But then there's another story about a young man who was brought no, on a bus, first time to church, first time he heard the gospel, and he stretched and gave his life to Christ in this meeting, saying, God, not fully understanding, not fully knowing, but God, if you will touch me. Stays there for the healing altar call, stretching, believing, hoping. 
miracles in the stretch. Here's a young guy in the Bible. He's got a shriveled up hand. He's found himself in church. Back in the day, if you're in church, and you had something broken, a disability, you wouldn't be allowed in the sanctuary. You'd be asked to sit at the city, the, the gate or the doorway because it couldn't, wouldn't be kosher for you to be here. But this young guy thought in that particular morning, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sneak in. He had the shriveled up hand. I reckon he had it under his coat so nobody would see. I reckon he thought if I could just get in the presence of God, maybe something would happen for me. How did he have that kind of faith? I reckon maybe around the campfires in the biggest courts. Maybe they told stories of the miraculous. Maybe they told stories about the 10 blind, uh, the, the 10 lepers and how God healed them. And one came back and said, thanks. Maybe he heard about the young man who was blind and Jesus made little spitballs, stuck them in his eyes. You know, what's awesome about that when I think about that is, is you know, when you watch CSI or you watch these things, the movies and stuff, well, the, the truth is when you are trying to get a DNA swab, they don't go for blood or anything else. The highest amount of DNA is found in saliva. When Jesus spat, he actually put his DNA in that guy's eyes. So he's going to be healed. They heard the stories. And I reckon this guy was just like, man, I'm going to church. I'm going to get, I'm going to get there. And so he's in church with something broken. And I'm just wondering, maybe this morning, what is broken in your life? You know, it's funny, I said, who, who needs a miracle? Maybe four or five people put their hand up. But actually, so many of us need a miracle. So many of us have got things that we're carrying in our life that are broken, busted up. Maybe things that we're ashamed of, that we're trying to hide from God. He's in the service, and Jesus speaks to the man. He speaks to him, he says, stand up. You know what? Somewhere in your life, you have to stand up for something. Somewhere in, the, in your world, you have to draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, devil, I'm not going to listen to this anymore. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to be accounted for. I'm, a decision's going to be made in my life. Something's going to shift for me. When I was 15 years old, broken, busted up, had leukemia, uh, I was in remission, pretty girl asked me uh, to go to a youth ministry, which I reckon is a brilliant reason to go to church. And, um, and so I, basically the short story, I said yes, because I would have went anywhere with her. And uh, after six weeks, the youth pastor says, Andrew, do you want to become a Christian? I said, don't be silly. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, I already go to mass. And, uh, and he said, well, just because you go to church every, uh, because you go to McDonald's every day doesn't make you a hamburger. Because you go to church every day, doesn't make you a Christian. I thought he was a complete idiot. All my life, I thought if you went to church, you were in. That's what I was taught. Church means heaven. If you went to church, you could sin, do everything else. But if you're at church, 
got the stamp. So I did, that didn't make sense to me. He said, have you ever sinned? I went, no. Because they hadn't murdered anyone yet, done all the bad things. He said, how would you go with the Ten Commandments? Brilliant. Thinking I'd score in the high eights. <laughs> Maybe a nine. <laughs> Knew I wasn't perfect, so I didn't think I'd get a ten, but at least an eight. He said, well, let's go through some of them. I said, sure. He said, have you ever lied? I went, no. <laughs> because I've only done white ones. The white ones don't count. And if you've got your fingers crossed seemingly while you tell lies, that doesn't count. Somebody told me that the other day. And um, so I thought I'd come. He said, how many white ones before a real one? I said, oh, oh, one. He said, so what are you? I said, a liar. He goes, that's right. I said, oh, that's not very nice. I said, well, Church people are supposed to be nice. He said, have, have you ever stolen stuff? I said, sure. He said, so what are you? I said, a stealer? He goes, no, you're a thief. I said, what's this, an English lesson? I don't know. He said, have you ever committed adultery? I said, mate, that is disgusting, and I'm offended. I'm 15. <laughs> committing adultery is having sex with a married person. Yuck. I haven't even had my first kiss yet, let alone, you know. <clears throat> he said, if you look lustfully at a girl, the Bible says you commit adultery in your heart. Have you done that? I said, sure. Her, 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 her. <laughs> Basically, the whole youth group. <clears throat> of the female side, anyway. <laughs> Gotta say that these days. He said, Andrew, God's holy. You're not. Sin separates us from God. He said, you can ask Jesus to come into your life just by praying a prayer, a 30-second prayer, saying, God, sorry for any wrongs. Ask into my life. Help me not just live for my agenda, but for yours also. Now, you've got to understand, all my life, I believed in God. I think on the last census in Australia, 79% of all Australians believe in the God of the Bible. It's just that we don't know how to have a relationship with him. I was the same. I believed in God. I, I've got no problems with God. God's real. I just know. How to, I prayed a prayer. That prayer. I'm amazed how a 30-second moment can change your world. I, like, have you ever thought about that? How, like, one little prayer to God, can change your, like you're not going to heaven, now you are. It's like, that's ridiculous. Like, you know, the other other day I was praying for somebody who had cancer and prayed for them and they're going to remove their leg, you know, in two days time, bone cancer, little 14 year old, prayed for this little guy in Melbourne, got rung up the next day, the doctors have changed their report. He can keep his leg. It's like 30 seconds. It's strange to me. I'm going, God, can't you complicate it? Make it a little bit harder for us? So, you know, we have to like... God says, no, no, I'm not into that. I just want to... But we have to stand up for something. You have to do something sometimes to receive your miracle. 
And Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up. I reckon he would have been a bit embarrassed. I reckon he would have been having these Donald Duck moments. Who knows what I'm talking about? People are looking at me. What's Jesus going to do? Then, he, then these people, they're trying to trick Jesus. What's he going to do, good or evil, on the Sabbath? Jesus says to them, well, you know, am I allowed to? They didn't answer him. And he was upset about it. He was angry. Why was he angry? Because God always wants to bless. The answer is God always wants you to win. His foot's forward, John 10, 10. The devil comes to rob, steal, and destroy. But God wants you to win. He wants you to have life. He wants you to be filled with hope and, and, and to get rid of this disease and, and, and to live in victory. He's upset with them because they knew the answer, but they, pride kept their mouths closed. Pride's the thing that will take you to hell every single time. That was the thing that, that, that took the devil out of heaven and into hell. Then he said to the man with the shriveled hand, I want you to stretch. I wonder if the worship team could come and join me or the keyboardist at least. I want you to stretch. We've got to, we've got to pray for people. It's broken. He's a little bit embarrassed. He's standing up in front of all of his peers, people that know him, people in the community. My friend, if you want to be healed, you have to give God the ugly. If you try to hide the problem from God, he can't deal with it. But if you give God the ugly, he can deal with it. If you give him the moment, Say, hey, listen, here it is. It's not pleasant. I'm proud of it. But here it is. You see, God's not standing here angry or upset. What happened last night, last week, two years ago, the Bible says that His mercy is for you every single day. There's one day for judgment. While you have breath, there's grace. The prodigal son was happening. The dad was looking at the gate. He's at the gate looking for him to come back, hoping. When he came back, put a ring, shoes, jacket. The most important thing that happened that day was not the jacket or the ring or the shoes. It was the hug. That dad's hug. It's all going to be all right. The prodigal son brought the ugly to his dad. said, Dad, I've stuffed up. Dad, it's going to be okay. Miracles in the stretch. The real stretch. And you know what he did? He stretched it out. As soon as he stretched, he was healed. As soon as he stretched, 
the miracle took place in his life. And I really believe that. I was on radio. We're doing a, a television program right now um, called Believe with Andrew Kabbalah. And it's a reality TV show. I'm hoping to be played on Channel 10 here in Australia. And basically it's praying for people and then following their lives, good or bad, and seeing miracles take place in, in everyday households, whether people are Christians or not. And, and God TV said it's the best TV show they've seen. And we did the pilot. And um, ACC said they'll want to play it, the pilot even just immediately. They said they loved it. But I was on uh, national radio in New Zealand as we were doing our Believe Tours. And, um, and I, was being, I was being interviewed. And I get really nervous on live uh, interviews because, you know, I feel like my tongue gets swollen and I'm going to say something silly or inappropriate. And I, I actually do get really flustered about that. But the guy actually, he was pretty kind. And he, he asked me one of the questions. He said, what are three things that people can do to receive a miracle? Or maybe things that would hinder people. And I said, well, I, I actually feel like I'm pretty new to this ministry. And I said, but I've talked to a lot of people who have been doing this a long time now. And I've asked them similar questions. And I said, there would be three common themes. I said, number one would be that they're in relationship with God. And I said, and even as I say that, I said, I know that God heals people whether they're in church or not. But I said, sometimes, just practically, it just helps if you're on God's side. I said, second of all, the removal of sin. Sin separates us from God. It just does. God went to huge lengths for the removal of sin by dying on a cross. That's the, the importance that He's placed on that. Thirdly, that our confession would change. The Bible says it's the power of life and death in our words. The way we think and talk about ourselves locates us. That's, that's where we are heading. If you can change that, spin that around, speak life into your circumstance, I'm convinced it's one of the keys to people being healed. Talking with all these other people who been doing this you know uh, I was at the Shire that day I, I don't know if you were in the green room but the year before I was at another conference that Pastor Michael was putting on and a celebrity um, a guy, a famous rugby player had got up, he had broken his leg in two different places, crushed it with um, two slabs of concrete smashing on it and I got him up here on the stage, praying for him. And I said, we're going we're gonna to walk all, along the stage. And he says, I can't walk. I've got a broken foot. I said, I oh, know, but just, just go, amen. It's healed. And he goes, yeah, but it's not. And I said, yeah, but just lie to yourself for a minute and, um, and it'll, it'll be fine. So uh, short story is four steps later, he said, the pain's gone. He was like, clack, 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 clack. It was a great moment. And then, um, so I'm testifying to him. How, how busted was it? He's oh, busted, really bad wreck. It's unbelievable. He was crying. Yeah, man, that's great. 
And uh, he says, yeah, but I'll never be able to run on it still. That's what came out of his mouth in front of all of this group of people. I said, shh. I said, you can run on it. I said, why would you say you can't run on it? He said, oh, I was really busted. And I get it because when you've been having leukemia for five years of your life, you don't think a 30-second moment can shift you into a brand new day. Your mind, there's warfare happening. And I'm, I'm saying to this guy, but just say you can. He said, oh, all right, I can. And I said, oh, no, no, it's not good enough. I said, we're going to have to run. He goes, okay. He said, now we've got it. We're holding hands. We're running on stage. Really bad TV, you know. Not good. I said, now he's running up and down the stage. He said, oh, man, it's amazing. I can run. I'm going, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. And uh, we're testifying again, but he's clapping. And then out of his mouth, he says this. But I'll never be able to do a marathon. How dumb can you be and still breathe, you know? Time had gone. I said, amen. Have a seat. God God bless you. So I was at at that conference. He was in the green room. So, you know, a bit of a superstar. Walked in. Everybody's like, hey, Poppy, how you going? And uh, Crefo Dollar and all these, you know, they're all, who's who were there. And Pastor Michael was interviewing this guy. Hey, man, how's your foot? And he's going, good. You know, Andrew, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, how's the pain? Completely gone. So awesome. You know, pain-free. All clap, you know, great, great. And then he says this. But on really long runs, there's still a niggle. And when he said that, I laughed. Because I know. His confession located him. He got healed to a point of if he just shut his mouth. If he just had to said, God, thank you for healing me. The whole thing would have turned around. He'd be running marathons up and down, going, God, woo, 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 woo. When I'm praying for you, I'm asking you. Not out loud even, but just in your mind. Just go, God, thank you for healing me. If you look for the pain, you'll pretty much find it. But if you look to the God who removes the pain, and then just give yourselves 24 hours, just saying, God, thanks for healing me. Because the devil will always attack the miracle. He always, Eve, what did God really, he always try to, that Donald Duck thing. Gotta remember, say God, thank you for healing. And I'm not into pretend, I'm not, not into uh, fake it till you make it, or anything like that. But I am into faith, I am into believing and confessing, and seeing this thing turn around. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials.